0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3425 for Friday, the 17th of September 2021. Today's show is entitled, Hacking Stories with Reacted, Part 4. It is hosted by Operator and is about 18 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, I talk about some old 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 pen testing stories from days old. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org.
1: This is another episode of Hacker Public Radio with Redacted. I'm um, going to tell you another hacker story here. This should be a short one. Um, this one starts out uh, pretty pretty standard. Had some had some folks shadowing with me, which is not usually normal to have more than one person with me. But we had uh, two people, two people with me. One was a technical in nature, which he was—he was pretty green. Uh, I'll say that he didn't have any technical knowledge, hardly at all. Um, but uh, the other guy was kind of the manager of the project, and he was kind of just kind of hanging out for the first couple of days, establishing relationships with the client and having some stuff. Usually, they'll talk to him, and all that. So that that went down, um, we started in the normal stuff, this was a uh, internet, kind of a small internet service provider, we're talking like, dial up DSL type of stuff so, these guys were a pretty small outfit, I won't say that they were huge um, but I would say they were like a regional internet service provider or something, they, may have, they might have been bigger than that, I don't remember, but they, they were pretty small, small, small beans, uh, pretty small shop So, I do the standard stuff. Do the discovery phase, recon. Kind of have the guy shadowing. We're taking our time, because I think we had like two weeks on site. Or or maybe it just felt like I was taking my time, because everything kind of fell over when we tried to enumerate stuff. So, uh, we start our discovery things. I've got the guy with me shadowing. Um, I don't run across a whole lot of low-hanging fruit. Uh, I do find one vulnerability with a Symantec uh, uh, server or a Symantec endpoint where you can execute arbitrary code. Um, and generally when it comes to like buffer overflows or any kind of exploity stuff that that's uh, that's can be potentially sensitive or potentially uh, damaging to the service or server, I'll generally try to get permission from the client before we do it. So um, I had already scoped out some of the Unix Linux stuff, and I had gotten... This was before Hashcat had support for, um... For the hash type that Unix Linux, uh, uses. Um, there are several different hash types, but by default, Unix Linux uses, uh, whatever it is. Like, I don't know, something, and then salted, or whatever it was. Um, so anyways, Hashcat, or OCL Hashcat, uh, didn't have, uh, the, the support for that. So there was a. The only thing around was called Extreme Brute Forcer, and that was the only one that supported that uh, that hash type. And I will say, not even six months after that, um, OCL and I think at least Hashcat had support. OCL uh, did OCL Hashcat had support for it later. But anyways, um, we had this Extreme brute Forcer, and we were using it with a with a cheap video card, maybe a hundred fifty dollar or hundred and fifty dollar, maybe even a two hundred dollar video card. We were using that to crack on these hashes because we had found some default logins to some Unix boxes, Unix Linux boxes that were used, which appeared to be for some level of services, right? So you get default credentials to a Linux box, usually, that's how you get access to a Linux box or some kind of, you know, uh, issue with a PHP script or Apache, those are the low-hanging fruit for Unix Linux stuff. Default logins, back configs, root, root root, root blank password, whatever. So, get access to that. I dump the hashes of users that are not essentially blank or root root um, users that already have the password too. Um, generally, I'll just dump all the passwords in there because it will crack uh, weak passwords instantly. So, I got all these hashes in these Unix boxes. Um, you know, I said they're their ISP and. Um, you know, I, I started rummaging around the Unix Linux stuff... Started getting some fruit... Started getting some of the beans and potatoes... And all that of the, of the infrastructure... And understanding how the users are connected... And I essentially had access to like all the Unix Linux environment, right? <laughs> Which, where, where a lot of your important stuff sits... Is actually in the Unix Linux environment... If you really dig into most companies and infrastructures... Um, they're sitting in a database somewhere, and usually that database is hopefully not Windows uh, SQL or, or Microsoft SQL. Hopefully it's a Postgres database or something like that, if they're big-scale enough. Um, so these guys had some stuff running, but um, you know it, it, was, it was ugly enough to where we had basically owned all their Unix Linux environment with a couple of uh, default logins and then dumping those hashes, cracking them. And there were some pretty weak passwords that went to all of the other boxes, and they were cloned across the enterprise. Um, I'm trying to pay attention, make sure I'm not missing my exits here. So, anyways, we we got Unix, Linux, Linux stuff, but we hadn't gotten domain admin yet, which is that's kind of the holy grail where you can uh, kind of show that impact. Log into the Exchange controller. What people will do is back in the day when everybody ran Exchange, you could log into the Exchange server. And run something like Mimikatz and dump every single user, like we're talking phones, everything that was authenticated through Outlook, any user, it would dump their plain text credentials. So we would use that and then do like a password audit and say, okay, here's all your weak passwords, duh, they're like company name, winter 27 or whatever, um, winter 2015 or whatever the year was. So... Um, we had Unix Linux. We had some Windows, but not like domain admin. And there was one particular box that we wanted to run an exploit against, but it, uh, I didn't, hadn't had a whole lot of experience with this particular exploit. And it involved uh, buffer overflow or some type of, uh, of, of memory used after free, whatever like, type of attack. So generally what I'll say is, is if I'm not 100% sure if it's going to crash it or not, um, crash the box or blue screen it or maybe crash the service um, I'll, I'll say you know what I want to get approval for this exploit before I run it against this box I, I'm not 100% sure the, the confidence level um, in this in this exploit to damage or, or crash the box whatever have it reboot so I'm as I'm waiting for that to go through for management and the, the management on our end they're talking with the client and they're trying to get the okay as I'm doing that, I stumble across a misconfiguration somewhere. I want to say, I want to say it had to do with it wasn't an exploit. It was like a misconfiguration of either a default user. Again, it's always default user, default configuration. Some kind of weird app somewhere it was, or like a like a default login of some kind of something that had code execution. So I get code execution, and then um, I, I get. Kind of domain admin, and by the time I do that, this is probably day three, day four. Um, by the time I do that, I get word back from the client saying, Yes, you can run the exploit. T he hee he Unix Linux guy said that you know, ha Windows sucks, you know, blah blah blah. We don't have to worry about our stuff because our stuff was legit. This guy's pen testing Windows. And, and we're all good because we're Linux and we're locked down. And they didn't know that I actually had access to all or most of their Unix Linux boxes. Um, I think they had SSH keys, which essentially is like a, uh, a password or a, a, a key to get in. The, what people will do is install the same key on all their servers. Um, and that, that key, they'll put on one server and they'll install it on all their servers so they can SSH straight into all their servers. Um, by not having multiple keys or protecting those keys with strong passwords, once you pop one box, you can SSH into all the other boxes that had that same key without a password. So, um, so the, the idea there is, is that gives you kind of lateral movement across that whole space. So I had access to like 300, 500 boxes, something like that, of all Unix stuff. So the Unix guys are sitting there laughing in the corner... Uh, meanwhile, I've already, owned dom- I've already owned the domain. I don't need that silly exploit anymore. I've already found some weak configuration somewhere. And we're ready to go off to the races. Ooh, sorry. We're off to the races, uh, pulling everything down. And I had had a coworker that said, you know what, he, he took a screenshot of like the CFO's email and to show the impact. And usually what I would do was kind of show the. Um, just show the impact from it's raining about the audio there. Just show the impact from a standpoint of 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 making it real. I, usually, I would just do so. Okay, I got domain admin. I draw a little picture in Visio and show that that escalation path, the the kill chain to domain admin, and that would scare the pants off of most your IT people. But any anybody in the business doesn't really know the impact of that. They don't understand that that gives you access to everything eventually, right? That's how AD is kind of configured, and most people wrap around AD um, around everything and don't use password vaulting and all that stuff. So um, what I did was is I wanted to kind of step up my game on the impact and show the impact to the client and make it real. And And the client had actually told us, it said, you know what, this, this report is going to be massaged on its way up. I'm not really comfortable, you know, I'm not really confident in the value that it's going to provide. And I said, you know what, I think we can do something about that. We can, we can give you some real impact and show you some real, you know, real-world scenarios of what this would look like on the front page of the newspaper, right? So, first thing I do is dump all the creds. I find out who, um, log into the log into Exchange, run Cats, dump all the passwords, figure out which of those users is, like, the CFO or COO or somebody super important. Um, log into is OWA. Of course, it's externally facing, like every OWA um, back then and, and log straight into that, uh, uh, their OWA, and I just took a screenshot of the, the title pages, like, it was the titles of the emails, and that was pretty much it, right, I left it at that, and then I scrubbed, uh, I don't even think I scrubbed anything, I just left the titles, and then it had the, the person's name, which is, like, the CFO of the company, in the, in the, in the screenshot, and then, of course, I, I might have taken some other screenshots of, like, authentication cookies, which nobody's gonna understand any of that crap that, I had authentication cookies for all of his like social social media and anything that was in his browser uh, for for stored cached uh, credentials and stored cookies. Um, I had access to all of that and all the internal apps that he had access to. He was accessing internal resources and I had all the cookies to log in and authenticate to those, which nobody understands. They 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 see email somebody else's email and that that hits closer to home, right, as far as impact goes. So do my standard report, get it all out and. The the manager on the project, I don't think he's actually worked with me before. I don't think he's actually done a real pen testing, full blown pen testing engagement before. So I give him the report. He decides to tell the client like twenty minutes before the meeting, um, that he's just gonna drop the bomb on him and let him know. Generally what happens is when you tell him, Hey, you know, this guy he got he got access to this machine and now we have domain admin and how do you want to approach this how do you want to sew this message? Do we wanna do we wanna have a quick chat and talk about it first before we drop the bomb on everybody and say, you know, this guy completely owned us sideways. But what what he decided to do was to just drop the bomb like right before the meeting and he sent out the attachment. And we get on the bridge, I, I dial in, I'm doing my thing, running through it, and we get through like the to like the second slide of the email and people flip it, they lose it, they see the CFO's, um, you know, they see the CFO's email, and they, they're like, how did you get to this, and it's like, well, I had domain admin, and I dumped the credentials, and blah, 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 and they're like, okay, well, let's just, let's just, you know, they, they either breeze through the rest of the report, but they said, let's just, let's just put this on hold, let's, uh, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what's going on, and that night, or later that, the next day, I think it was that night, um, after the call we had in them earlier in the morning, that night my boss calls up and says, Look, man, these guys are flipping out, don't touch anything, don't touch your computer. Uh, lawyers are gonna might get involved. Um, these guys are going crazy. Uh, they're they're flipping out because of this email. Supposedly, a title of the email is had supposedly scared people about some kind of acquisition or some BS, which is all total. I, I, I have to assume that that's just total BS. What happened? is that this went up, rolled up to the business, the business saw that I could, someone, you know, a, a malicious actor could actually access someone's email, um, that came, that was a little too real for, for the client in the business, and they, they said, they just kind of like aims, aimed pitchforks and, uh, torches, right, so I, I get this call, and I'm kind of half scared, but at the same time, I'm hilariously laughing internally, because he just dropped it, he's like you know, this guy came in, only oh, sideways, here's your CFO's email, Burr, like mic drop, and I thought it was a little aggressive, and it did turn out to be uh, a, a cluster, so after that that night, I'm kind of concerned a little bit, but I'm, I'm still more amused than anything, because we did our due diligence, we had our get out of jail, we, uh, we followed all the processes, we didn't break out of scope, we did everything we were supposed to do, so they come back, finally, a day or two later, the, the manager finally calls me and says, yeah, you know, cooler heads have prevailed, and this, uh, this, uh, engagement is, 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 uh, is kind of, is, is whatever, we're good, right, um, you can, you can go ahead and whatever, and I think he actually told me to delete everything from the, from the actual engagement, um, uh, and, and he told me to, like, send him an email saying that I deleted it, which is kind of like proving a negative, like, I, I don't really understand the point of that, but anyways, I was actually told to delete all the evidence from the, from the report, which I wasn't too concerned about, it was all the standard crap, you know, default credentials, uh, weak, weak, uh, hashes, all that stuff, it wasn't anything super ninja-y that I would need to keep notes on and sanitize, but in general he told me to delete all my stuff, so, and then day or two goes by, and finally he calls me back and, you know, cooler heads have prevailed, you know, uh, don't worry about it, we're taking care of it, blah, 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 blah. And we had some laughs and it was it was kind of funny and that was the whole game for a while it was like you know this it just got real for these guys and it was kind of hilarious. The the cooler story is maybe a year or two later same client says, "Oh yeah, we want to do we want we want to do another pin test." But you know that guy you sent the first time? Do not send that guy. And when I heard that and when when the manager told me that, the same manager that did the whole mic drop thing. When he told me that, I just... That was the, the most best validation you could possibly get. Um, because I did everything I was supposed to do. I was the guy on the field. I was the guy on the ground. I didn't really have to communicate to the client that much. I just had to do my job and execute effectively and show that impact. And when I showed that impact, I think it got too real for the client, right? And they they, 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 they went a little, bit, a little bit crazy based on that. Um... So, it, it, it's pretty good validation. That's another example of, like, you know, if, if you know stuff got real and you know that, that when you hear that someone, you know, you did a pen test and they don't want you back uh, because of how fucking sideways you owned them, um, that's a pretty good sign that, that you're doing your job, right? Um, unfortunately, uh, a lot uh, at the time, and even now, people can, can meet that type of impact and showing that type of level of, uh, scare tactics, for lack of a better term, um, can, can, can kind of go sideways if, if you're not careful. But, uh, anyways, that was a quick one. Uh, might do another one. Let's see how long this ended up being 17. So I'll probably end this one up and then do maybe another one.